Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I am Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we are two idioms here uh, to talk about deeply disturbing things with you. And we don't have Sarah. We don't have She's Sarah. She's getting her life organized. Whatever I don't that even means. know what that means. And um, apparently she can do that in one day. I, when she texted that, I was like, that seems like, if that was me, a bigger task. Well, one of my ways of doing that, I was like, can we move the podcast day to this day and time? And I still got it wrong. I still forgot my entire eight hour worth of class that I teach Calendar, today. Basically. I know. I, I'm, how did she do that in one day? I need a little Sarah in my life. Organize her life? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get to go first, though. I know you do. So I'm going to this. It's down. just us. We can move the mic a little closer to us. And one of us has to remember the disturbing meter. Okay. Because that's really Sarah's job. Sounds good. I bet you're not going to guess what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I love it when you're like, you're not going to guess it. I probably won't then. I've learned that. <laughs> probably not. Is it something about spider webs, like cobwebs? No. How about something involving um, space? Nope. Okay. Last, last guess. Something underground tunnels. No. Okay. All right. I gave it, gave it a fair shot. I'm going to talk to you <laughs> about glitter. Oh, gosh. I have a lot of feelings about glitter. What are your feelings? Um, sure. As someone who has a sister who has done uh, drag performances in the past, I have had glitter all over my home and it does not come out. That's no, all. It, and then, I, then everything not... is glitter. That's that's my feelings everything is glitter i'm going to share with you about the glitter conspiracy please do so i like to reference source material and in this case it's really highly relevant so i'm going to be highly referencing a 2018 new york times article by katie weaver and the chupal youtube channel probably pronouncing that wrong I'm calling it chupal. That's what you get. So there's a saying, glitter is the herpes of craft supplies. Have you heard that? Oh, well, that makes, that's kind of what I'm saying as well. <laughs> it's on my walls and the bathtub and the doorknobs. And what have you done with glitter? Anything you touch is now glitter. So. What's your personal experience with glitter? Minimal. As a human, as a person. You've yeah. never done crafting or anything with glitter? My dad often assisted in my school crafting projects growing up. <laughs> there was seldom use of glitter. Seldom use. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, probably my most use of glitter has been as a counselor, like occasionally. And then I learned not to do that. Like the one time you use glitter as a counselor, you're like never again because now it's everywhere. Yeah. And I've used <laughs> glitter with some of my youth um, yoga classes to do a, a craft thing. And then those same yoga mats I've used <laughs> with adult classes. And then people are stuck with glitter. People don't know it, but they like, there's always that one piece like on the cheek. It's like right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you, it catches the light and then you just can't take your eyes off it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a, a a past relationship where I swear it was like once a week it would be like where why is there this gl glitter and like there's like a piece of glitter I'm like I don't know what you do 
when you go out, but but there's glitter involved. There's glitter. I mean, there has to be at this point. So I just used recently used glitter. And is it important to distinguish real quick the difference between sequins and glitter? They are different. Okay, sequins are what? bigger, larger. And are they like the older? And you can sew sequins on stuff. Oh, is that so? They're like the the older cousin or something of the glitter. Well, they're much bigger. Much bigger. And Easier to manage. They usually have like a little hole that you can thread through and sew them on something. Okay, so they stay where they're yeah. at. They don't carry on to the face. They don't. Okay. But they could. In theory. I've licked them and sticked them before. They don't stay long with my licked saliva them glue, but uh, they stay for a little bit. Saliva. Saliva. <laughs> I thought that was intentional. So you can make lots of things with glitter. Tons of things. Greeting cards. Makeup. Clothing. Paint. Toothbrushes. I have a glittery bowling ball. Mm -hmm. uh, glitter bombs. Glitter has been used as forensic evidence because there are tens of thousands of different commercial glitters. And so if there are identical glitter particles, it can be compelling evidence mm -hmm. that a suspect has been at a crime scene. What the... And they, wow. they use glitter as evidence in yellow jackets. Interesting. Interesting. You know what it reminds me of? It is what <laughs> it reminds you of. When I talked about how, like, um, how forensic psychologists will use the, like, fly larva, I think it was I was talking about. Like, when they die, like, the wearing... Do you the remember my last podcast topic? And then the maggots. That I ate fly yeah. larva. You're bringing it up already. Yes. Too soon? Too soon. Too soon um anyways it reminds me of that so maybe glitter is more accurately represented by maggots and or fly larva maybe because we can assess where things have been based on where it ends up well science feed glitter to animals sometimes so that they can track their movements through their sparkly poop Oh my gosh, that's like if your hot tub leaks, you're supposed to put like Kool-Aid or dye in it, and then you can see where it leaks out of. Ah, interesting. <laughs> you just follow the glitter. <laughs> so, so why do we like glitter? Researchers say it's because... We're part raccoon, I knew it! We're attracted to sparkly things. Right. Because of our innate need to seek out fresh water. Hmm. And water sparkles. And so we're like, sparkle. That's shiny. cool. Shiny. Squirrel. Is that why, like, diamonds? Probably. Wow. It's like an like endless water store on your fingers. And gold and all that sparkly stuff has value to us. Because we equate it subconsciously, subconsciously. with water, which is a environment. We need it to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. wow. Sparkles wow. equals survival. Think about that, Macy. Diamonds really are a man's best friend. They are. Wait, is that a thing? Is, did I say that right? Diamonds are not a well, man's they, best friend. They it's say diamonds are girl's best girl friend. Best friend. Dogs are man's best friend. I think we can that's just leave the stupid. gender out of all of yeah, that. Yeah, that's all dumb. <laughs> so, all dumb. so dumb. Everybody can like dogs. Everybody can like diamonds. You want to get into what glitter is? Before yeah. I get into the conspiracy? Yes, let's. Because this is all leading up to a mm -hmm. big conspiracy. Are they fish scales? 
Diamonds? No. Glitter? <laughs> what? We're not even drinking today. <laughs> this you is, see, it doesn't make a difference. This is eight hours of a groups class and an ethics class. My mind's on fish scale. <laughs> uh, what is glitter? We're here today speaking about the thing glitter, not the quality, but we are also talking about the not, quality. Not a glimmer of glitter or a yes, glob of glitter. But we are also talking about the quality because glitter, the thing, does in fact glitter the quality. It both is and does. <laughs> it is and does. That's fascinating. <laughs> it's a noun and an adjective at the same time. I'm here for that. Um so because glitter does in fact glitter it's probably why it was called glitter <laughs> it just at this point if you name it anything else i i don't know that's just silly okay i've done a lot of research that's great so the thing glitter is a modern quote-unquote invention and you'll learn so later like synthetic why i'm using quotes around the word invention mm -hmm. it's your air word the official name is aluminum metallized polyethylene terephthalate okay. uh, luckily i don't have to say that again there are two companies that make glitter two only two companies they're both in New Jersey. Why is that? What? Hmm. This is feeling suspect. One of the companies is very secret, secretive. And the other company is called Glitterex. And it is also very secretive. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's a lot of secrecy around, and, glitter. around glitter. So... Going back to that 2018 New York Times article by Katie Weaver, uh, this is what started this whole glitter conspiracy, mm -hmm. was this article. So this journalist went to GlitterX um, and interviewed the CEO, Babu Shetty. And in the article, she wrote, the path to enlightenment is littered with trade secrets, vapors, aluminum ingots, CIA levels of obfuscation, the invisible reason, regions of the visible spectrum. And a, obviously glitter. A unit of measurement expressed as 10-6-M and also New Jersey. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and murder. That's what every, what are those? Uh, I don't those have shows. the murder in my story. I'm sorry. Oh, but they all those, like, um, gosh, what are they called? Like when you watch the shows on the History Channel. I'll try to tie in and they're, extraterrestrials. Though, yeah. That would make me feel better. Yeah, that's a okay. different route. You can either go extraterrestrials or murder. Or ghosts. <laughs> or ghosts. That is a subcategory that I think is a little bit more specialized. Like it's typically it's like ghost hunting show that's like a lower level yeah but... like okay. mm -hmm. yeah i mean not lower we're not saying better words i mean like in an organizational yeah, like it doesn't like typically a, come up like the next bullet point that's not a circle it's like a diamond a little more specialized yeah or it's like a circle that's like in a diamond clear. like glitter yeah most of the glitter glitter x makes is from plastic 
though some varieties are made from aluminum or aluminum coated plastic. Aluminium. And this process is called metallization. Mm -hmm. I like that word. Mm -hmm. It's so metal. Metal. Glitter comes in many shapes and sizes. Most glitter is hexagonal. I I feel like I know that from seeing big glitter, but that also I makes me like, think, think of sequins I again. Get some glitter out right now. Is it so little? You have glitter. Of course. I don't counseling office. I never have glitter on hand. So I'm the counseling office. I have all that crap. I don't glitter since working in a high school, and it wasn't my carpet. So <laughs> okay, let's pick up one of these tubes and see what your favorite is. Okay. I don't know how you didn't have that. You even have literally glitter glue in I here. It does look like little hexagons. Aw. Oh my goodness. They are. Impressive. How do they cut it? Oh, that's where this whole conspiracy begins. The largest size of glitter is meant for crafts. This. Like this. This yes. is considered large? Yeah. Interesting. The okay. smallest is for uses such as like cosmetics for the lips. Oh, or so like eyeshadow. A, like a shimmer or yeah. Because think about how the small those pieces yeah, are. You can't like, even see big. them. This probably. Like if you had that on your lips, that would be a bit much. That would be like special night out dancing. That would, I've never done that before. So. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe I just need more glitter in my life, I guess. Well, you may rethink that after topic mm -hmm. the primary function of glitter that's sold commercially is aesthetic so it's for making stuff pretty and shiny and sparkly right do you see how much loose glitter you have in here already it can't be controlled glitter will not be controlled get it away from me i'm gonna have glitter on my face i know just up. just from us being in the oh. same space as the glitter hand check this would take you back though to working at the high school and making cool uh -huh. down bottles uh-huh uh -huh. yeah it's been a while since my last cool down bottle. Calm down, cool down. yeah okay so for these two these uh, uh the pony beads yeah the pony beads where then you pick out your words and and like it mine like said like breathe in my name of course yeah. uh these do get used all the time still people love beadwork and i think that it's a little used coping skill but it should be used more for holographic glitter it's made from multi-layered material how many layers you might wonder does it take to get to the inside i don't know 233 layers what yeah that's a lot of layers i mean the what you showed me was pretty small so i can imagine that smaller ones i guess would be pretty small so this would be for holographic glitter so do you have any I'm, holographs with you right now? Do you have your like a Visa card or a debit card? Has that little thing on it that's a, holo a holographic? Maybe. Or a passport? No, I don't carry my passport on my person, but it might be on IDs too. Like a little holographic thingy. No, that one's metal. That's not. You don't have a shiny shiny? No. Huh? Oh, yeah. See? Oh, two shiny shinies. Yes. There you go. So that's made from 233 layers. With a, a piece dove on it. 
And it's related to the visible spectrum of light. And it's like a little rainbow glitter effect when you do the. Yeah, because all my glitter on your chin light. right here. You do it. Damn it. Gosh. I did put it up to my face. Hey. <laughs> but the outside of the bottle, not the inside. And then you're like, turn, turn. Is it catching the light? No, it's still there. It's forever it's like, now. Yeah. I'm never getting it's like it. like you out. have to dig it out of your face. <laughs> So, I love that that happens. <laughs> you know, the visible spectrum of light, red, orange, yellow, green, sure. blue. Yeah, thank you for the reminder. So it's been a while. <laughs> so red has the longest wavelength. So the layers of red iridescent film are the thickest and the violet is the thinnest. So if you tilt these sheets before they're cut backward, you'll first see like red. And if it continues going, it'll go through the spectrum. Okay, which is that little rainbow effect, like the little dove thing had. But okay. if what you use is ultraviolet, which is below violet, then we can't see anything. It'll be clear to us. Weird. I don't like things that are there that I can't see. How like you? ghosts. Well, think of the whole electromagnetic spectrum. Right, right. The part we can see is this little tiny little section of it which is just the visible light to us. Everything else we can't even see. We're so limited. Yes, but they are making products that are outside of our range of what we can see at the glitter factory. Mm, they're making ghosts. It relates, I think. It has to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, there's no ghosts. There's no murder. I'll try to tie an extraterrestrial if I can. Okay. I did hear FBI, so yes, we're close. So craft glitter is the thickest and the least technologically advanced. So Rude. this is like, yeah, basic. It's basic. basic it's kind of glitter. like meant to like glue and stick and look at and then throw Easy away. Easy to make. Yeah. Okay. Glitter, I learned. It's very bad for the environment. I've heard that. I have heard that. I um, have not heard that. Yeah, I don't think I have any context at all, but I've heard that. Glitter is plastic. That would make Mostly. Sense. That would make sense. Okay. <laughs> not always, but a lot of it is. Glitter is bad for the ocean. Glitter is so small, it qualifies as a microplastic, which mm -hmm. is very bad or sea life, glitter can last for years and years and years. The plastic film from which most glitter is made takes about 1,000 years to completely biodegrade. I don't like that it outlives me. By a lot. By a lot, by a little. You know, this whatever. tube of glitter is going to last for 1,000 years. I don't like that. And there are so many... Tubes are there tracking devices there? CIA? FBI? How deep is rabbit hole going? I feel like, what if we ate it? Would it help us live longer? Or shorter? Probably less. Less, we'd probably less live, long. We'd live okay. less long. Yeah, probably. There's no Good responsible question. way to dispose of it. Because it's just, a, it's like an infestation. We've infested the earth with glitter. We have. And whichever way you choose to dispose of it, there's still a big chance it's going to end up in the oceans, mm -hmm. negatively impacting sea life. So an important tip I learned is don't wash glitter down the sink. 
How many times have I washed my hands in the sink? Tell us. I mean, I feel like I have killed, (laughs) personally killed. 50 dolphins. 50 dolphins. And once. At least a dozen manatee. I'm sorry. Now I know I will never, I don't know how I'm going to wash it, but I will. I know that I'm not. Actually, actually, maybe I might be an innocent here because I think I have every cool down bottle I've ever made. You've never done sealed. Still sealed. Yeah, no, I haven't. We got to figure out how to responsibly dispose of our glitter. Um, Cool down bottles. Everyone needs a coping skill. Some people are calling for bands to glitter. There are biodegradable glitter that is now being made. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's as shiny. I have been uh, planning my wedding and I bought all biodegradable everything for like the utensils and all that. And I was surprised like a biodegradable plastic cups they look like plastic but oh, they're yeah, made yeah, out of plants and they look exactly like a plastic cup i was just thoroughly impressed by technology that's all yeah you can get all kinds of stuff i mean it's more expensive which is a yeah. barrier right, right to people purchasing them mm-hmm. so they are working working on this biodegradable glitter that's made from plants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also who asked the plants if they wanted to be turned into glitter who asked the living organism the kombucha that they wanted to end up on your lap that one day? <laughs> Nobody. They had no consent. Do you consent to me drinking you? I heard a yes. I heard too. Aww. It was like crackle, crackle. Yeah, it was so excited. Hmm. We will become one, flock yeah. goddess. We will now become one organism. <laughs> we are now symbiotic. All right, so let's get to this, this great, conspiracy going great places sarah really should have been here <laughs> so let's go back to that new york times article that started it all the journalist katie weaver asked glitterx manager lauren dyer if she could tell her which industry served as glitterx's biggest market simple question when you're looking into glitter right pretty simple who do you sell your glitter to mm-hmm. um who's the biggest market and the manager instantly said no i absolutely know I, that i can't the journalist was, was taken aback and said but you know what it is and the manager said oh god yes and you would never guess it let's just leave it at that and then the journalist asked if she could tell her why she couldn't tell and the ma- uh, manager said because they don't want anyone to know that it's glitter. WTF. Tell me. I more. know. And so the journalist said, if I looked at it, I wouldn't know it was glitter. And the manager said, no, not really. And the journalist said, would I be able to see the glitter? And the manager said, oh, you'd be able to see something. But it's, yeah, I can't. So this is what started the whole internet swarming. They became a buzz with solving this mystery. So the question was, when the GlitterX manager said, they don't want anyone to know that it's glitter. Who are they? Who are they and what is it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those are the questions. questions, So this was 2018, you know, five years ago. 
last week, the YouTube channel Chuple may have solved the mystery. Chuple? Good old Chuple. And so they may have ended this mystery. And my favorite kind of conspiracy is the one that ends up having truth to it. Let's dive in. Chuple uncovered the shocking truths behind the glitter empire. They were able to get the interview that the New York Times couldn't get. They were able to interview someone directly involved with the other New Jersey glitter company, Ooh. the super duper secretive one. Mm. One is secretive, one is super duper secretive. This reminds secretive. me of the movie, The Interview. And yeah. until they <laughs> scored the interview That's of a, a lifetime. It's just like that. Great, yes. okay. All those things happened for you to get this, okay. Let's go back in time a little bit. Back to July 16th, 1945. I wasn't there, but yes. On that day, the first nuclear bomb was detonated mm. as part of the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project took shape at three primary locations. Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Los Alamos, New Mexico, and where was the third? New Jersey. No. Oh, come on. But I'm... really good guess. Jeez, that's all I got. Like, what else? Spokane, Washington? Hanford, Washington. Oh, we've been there. We've been outside of there. That's right. We didn't go in. We drove to the, (laughs) well, the highway we're on intersected right at the gates with all the warning signs. Mm -hmm. And then we turned left. Right. Our, one of our wonderful nuclear places. Yes. So I did not know that Hanford was one of the three primary Manhattan Project secret locations. It was a secret plutonium factory. Interesting. So interesting. So sciencey. And it's right down the street from us. <laughs> Yay. So one of the people involved in the Manhattan Project was someone named Henry F. Rushman. Remember that middle initial? F. The inventor of glitter, quote unquote, inventor of glitter and founder of the Meadowbrook Glitter Company, which is that second New Jersey company. Mm-hmm. He was a machinist, toolmaker inventor and he was very skilled in the precision cutting of photo paper film and foils hmm, sounds relevant in the late 1930s and foils films F? and foils intentional f's were those intentional f's or is this a conspiracy photo paper film and foils photo paper sounds like an f too so it's three f sounds what the, in a f? Row. What the actual f a lot of connections for here. For real. Too many to be a coincidence. <laughs> for reals. For real. Or, I mean, can't keep saying for, else I was just cheating. <laughs> In the late 1930s, when Mr. Rushman, F. Rushman, a, a German immigrant, F. Rushman, okay. started working on the precision cutting of photo paper film and foils. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsee it now. Uh, Working for Kodak, you know, a photographic film company. So he started doing that. And, you know, he got uh, approached by the government. And we'll find out what happened. My notes are 
out of order. So I yeah. thought I thought that was just <laughs> I was like feeling it grow. I know, but it seems like my timeline is off. Okay. I'll uh, skip that part. So the Chuppel guys, this YouTube channel, they found a 2021 article, which I had to go look up myself because I never take anyone's word Trust for it. No one. I always have to find the source, mm -hmm. source material. So I found the article on paperfilmandfoil.com <laughs> called The Discovery Develop and Development of Glitter. So one of the authors on this is Henry W. Rushman. W. W. Different. W, not F. So in this article, it says, in addition to motor bolt holes and automotive finishes, glitter would be mixed into cosmetics, fishing lures, inks, plastics, fiberglass, flooring, ceilings, countertops, tile, wallpaper, clothing, toys, arts and crafts, toothpaste, packaging, and laminated sheeting for labels and decals. So it's basically like a, I mean, they're not even saying like it's like super strong or anything. It's just a like, uh, it's I don't know. Everywhere. It's just a plastic. Listen to this next part of the article. Meadowbrook's machines cut other particles for other uses. Mm -hmm. often on government contracts. Mm -hmm. Among the products included anti-radar chaff, slivers of zirconium to control the burn of solid rocket fuel, and iron fibers for airplane brake shoes. So this article confirms hmm. what supremacists okay. have been guessing at, that glitter is used by the military and government. <laughs> so, sorry it feels like it's that our whole defense like, infrastructure is built on glitter i like it, i like how it sounds. How does that make you feel i like how it sounds honestly i want to tell someone of authority that at some point in my life it's true it's real yeah i just want to say, say the words and then you can say that so this contributed to the article henry w rushman it was henry f rushman's son Oh. Yep. And he, the son, developed holographic glitter in 1967. Okay. And okay. It, that's in lots of security applications, like we just saw okay. on our debit cards. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's even on our money. Because it's so rare and hard to make. So you can't reproduce it. It's hard easily. to reproduce it, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So this reflects all the colors of light in different directions producing a rainbow effect. And that's what they do, yeah, on money and they hold it up and they see if it shimmers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the Chuppel guys were able to get an interview with Henry W. Rushman. Wow. And they were able to solve this mystery. So they went out and interviewed him. He said he was fired from the company by his siblings 30 years ago. Mm. And he said that time the it was like a 43, you know, million dollar company. And, and now he doesn't know what's going on with it. So his dad, so he shared mm -hmm. the real truth here. The truth. And this is from the son. Big T truth. Yeah. And this is from the son yes. who actually invented holographic glitter. Like he's involved. Very involved. Same name, different initial, middle initial. So he said his dad had this amazing reputation for precision cutting. 
and then worked under government contracts for the Manhattan Project. Mm. After, of course, a background check because he was German and it was wartime. I see. So not only was he doing precision cutting work, he was also cutting mica into washers. Do you know what mica is? Oh, yeah, the, the shiny. Is it fool's gold? No. I think that's pirate. But we have mica all over the place in Spokane. Right. We have it's mica. It's so shiny, pink. though, right? It's very shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I bet if we looked hard around the neighborhood, it, we could more find silver. Some. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It kind of flakes off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of soft and flaky. Yep. So, part of his job from in this government contract was cutting mica into washers, and then they would put plutonium rods through the mica washers, push it up against uranium put dynamite on top of that and that's what caused the nuclear reaction what so the inventor of glitter is directly involved with creating um, atomic bomb nuclear bomb wow would you ever have made that connection glitter and atomic bombs no i wouldn't i was going into underground tunnels and space and uh spider webs I mean, I think a case could be made if I spent enough time, but we could probably, if we had enough uh, yarn and enough corkboard, we could make the connections. A hundred percent. So when he was spinning the mica to make the washers, glittery flakes spilled out. Voila, glitter was invented by accident. It was the debris. It was the debris. Employees took this glitter home and used it to make Christmas decorations. And then it started being sold in stores. Wow. At first, it's Christmas decorations, like throw it on your tree. Yeah. I mean, I pick up random things and take it home and say it's decorative. Pencil shavings. I don't know what else. Other debris. You you decorate your home with pencil shavings? No, I don't. (laughs) I can't think of other debris. What other debris might you pick up, though? That you might Um, think is neat? Yeah, that like is left behind by something else. Some kind of bric-a-brac? I don't know. We're going to have to think about that. Yeah, that's it. Food for thought. Oh, uh, when you hole punch, you get all those little circles. Mm-hmm. You could throw them up in the air and pretend it's snowy. It's confetti. It's confetti. Confetti. Fucking confetti. Wow. Confetti is also glitter in a different way. Confetti is also probably an accident. Or someone's like, it's just the hole punch. Somebody probably just picked up the mess, threw it in there, and said, wow, that was fun. Let's sell that. Let's convince people that during a celebration, they need to throw, throw this up. And why? Because of a bigger conspiracy to be continued. <laughs> we'll we'll get into the confetti conspiracy next time. Hole punch conspiracy? No. You How I it? horribly wounded myself? No, did you hole punch yourself? When I was in elementary school, I had, you know those big three like hole punch ones? Yeah, I feel like you might have mentioned this, but talk about like, it again. Okay. Uh because it's so noteworthy. Um noteworthy and hole punches. It's very topical. connected. Yes. Uh, anyways, I leaned over the three-hole punch, and you had to like put some weight into it because I was. You're not supposed to overload those with too much paper. Right. Right. Or it won't do what it's supposed to. It won't go through all the layers unless you put all your body weight into it. Yeah. Including a little bit of your own stomach. So my. That's I, right. You did tell this I before. I still have a little hole punch. You hole scar. punch your freaking stomach. I still have a little faint scar on my belly right here from that smarted it's like a perfect circle oh yeah no my whole shirt just I, it happened so fast that it was one of those like 
like you don't see right for a minute. And then I remember I was wearing a white shirt and I remember I looked down and all of a sudden it was just red. Yeah. So did, did the hole puncher cut a little circular piece of flesh out of your belly? Yeah, my the scar is this perfect circle. But did you find the little circular piece of flesh? I don't have no recollection of what happened after that moment. <laughs> that is just that part of you is out there. So that far. was just a trauma memory. Was that moment? If you could have gone. found it, you might have been able to put it back in. His. <laughs> you might have reattached, like a tooth in milk. I yeah, don't know. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I was just a child. <laughs> I didn't know things like that. If I was there, oh, Macy, where's the flesh? Circle? I could have used glitter glue. I would become a superhuman. <laughs> so Henry, do not do this at home. No, don't whatever we talk about don't ever. ever, to ever. Henry W. Rushman confirmed that the government currently uses glitter in mm -hmm. anti-radar shafts. So they shoot it out the back of an airplane. Mm -hmm. It explodes, and then oncoming missiles will go to these fibers instead of aircraft. Mm, that so makes they'll sense. attract the missiles. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Heat seeking, or not heat seeking, but metal shiny seeking. seeking. Yeah, <laughs> litter, litter bombs. There's also a secret battery project that um, our government is doing with Picatinny Arsenal, a military research and manufacturing facility. That and these batteries produce more electricity than any known battery. So secret and battery battery production energy that's something I know a little bit about that's it could be a future topic but like they it's actually really hard <laughs> to make batteries and to have them last a long time that's why like the electric cars are all you know having st good storage all of that is really hard for, for that so that's amazing why don't they share well because it's super secret but they need to share so people can go farther than 200 miles <laughs> i don't know how far people can go anymore it's probably like 400 miles i don't know he said there's also advanced rockets that the government is doing with glitter so have we answered our question who are they and what is it the military and, and the government yeah weapons or defense are they weapons? And they go through often third-party buyers. So it's not like web. a direct contract. Dark web glitter buys. Glitter grab bags on the dark web. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to tie it in with the uh, extraterrestrials. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm waiting. Who knows? <gasps> I have. They could be. You know, when, when you think you see a spaceship, it's not. Guess what it is? Glitter. It's fucking glitter. That's why, because remember you said you don't always see it. It's on this different spectrum. So when it all of a sudden it's gone, glitter. Or what if they're making it with that UV glitter? Glitter. Then we wouldn't be able to see it. Right. They can disappear. Maybe they can learn how to put a super secret cloaking. They put one of those like uh, dimmer switches on it and they can turn it up or down. Yeah. It's not that hard to all kinds put of a dark switch on. And they may have gotten the idea by trying to reverse engineer extraterrestrial craft that they recovered. Good tying it. Did it. Good grounding. Right. That's it. I mean. We solved it. Who are they and what is it? Mm -hmm. It's the government and it's glitter. Every damn time. All right. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> I like the brand comment that you would never guess that I would bring. It's like glitter. I mean, I don't think you guess my topic either, but it's not as it like 
not really like a fun topic, but I don't know. Um, I almost went serial killer route again. I I veered. I veered because sometimes I get in the, in the mood though, no. and I'll, I'll do like three in a row. I was in it, and I even had talked myself into like it's okay to do it twice. <laughs> if I'm really and I and I'm still gonna sit with it, but it ended up like actually feeling more like urban legend mm. based on what I was digging up. But then it got like really big because of that, and like what is truth was not, and I just honestly didn't have as much time as I needed to to give that either none of my attention, which is possible <laughs> by the time I'm done figuring out yeah. if it's worthy, um, or it's going to be really interesting. So to be continued on that. All right, TBD. This TBD. was my second thing that actually I it was a stumble upon where I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I learned something. Have you ever heard that? Uh, oh, I used this word earlier. Idiom. What is idiom? Mean? I think it's a saying that's not supposed to make sense, like a small fry or you know, a, like words that shouldn't go together or make sense. I'm I'm not small fry. A group of words established by usage as having a meaningful, not deductive from those of the original words like rain cats and dogs and see the light okay okay so like they're not it's like a saying the words yeah the words themselves don't make sense oh which is what they tell you like when you write scholarly papers don't use idioms so it's it's something that if somebody didn't Cultural know the context. language they wouldn't know what the heck right. you were talking about right, right. so it'd be like it's not raining cats okay. and dogs i so don't see this, any cats or dogs this is the both an idiom and it's not interesting okay have you heard of 40 acres and a mule. I, I've heard the back 40. The what? Like, if some, it's way out in your land, it's out on the back 40. Oh, yeah, that's different. And and I did not hear that until I moved to this part of the world, just to let you know. People don't talk right. like that heard. back in San Francisco. No, I've heard that. I've had three, at least, statements recently come back where I'm like, well, you've heard of, oh, here's one of them. I Tell me this. Have you heard... Of the the phrase, I've got to get my poop in a group. No, what the fuck? I have not heard. <laughs> I okay. So I said that to two different people. Like, oh my gosh, can you believe that so and so didn't know that? And then each one, including you now, has said what? It I've heard is, ducks in a row. It is a saying that I went and looked it up to make sure I didn't just make it up. And it is a saying that's used and it's similar to ducks in a row. I mean, I can surmise the meaning. I would probably never use it. Have your poops in a group. Because I don't really. So now you can add that idiom. That kind of relationship with my poops. You got to have them in a group to then do what's needed. But I, if they're not I in a group, group they're spread out in your intestines. Doesn't involve my do. I. This has do. been my favorite podcast. Okay um okay so 40 acres and a mule it's a thing that said okay is that all you know about it is the back 40 which is completely unrelated um yeah I mean it's it's related because it's about 40 acres I mean I'm curious if it's relevant I'm gonna just say that I'm not gonna talk about that (laughs) (laughs) it's related because it's land in a 40 acre chunk Yes. Okay. So here's, this is, let's see here. This is, uh, so 40 acres and a mule is something I have heard. I have no idea like what it meant, why anyone would ever 
say it. Well, when did you hear it? I don't know. Like, did somebody say Not it recently. to you? No, oh. no. Like, what's what's the context where somebody would say that? Slavery. It's from slavery times? It's from slavery. Oh. So I'm going to share something that I found out about our history that honestly was pretty shocking to me. Um, and then this 40 acres and a mule now makes like there I now you didn't know what it hadn't heard of it before but some people yeah. may have heard of it and never yeah. knew what it meant and there's kind of a reason for that which also involves the government <gasps> dun, dun. I love how this article I have um this is by Henry Louis Gates by the way um good job citing your sources um <laughs> starts by we've all heard the story of 40 acres and a mule but but have we have we I say I have not. I say nay. Um, so this was actually a promise to former slaves. Mm. Um, so again, I'm going to just be using terminology um, as it relates here. And I'm going to honestly skip things that feel not appropriate. Is this <laughs> a dated a, article? Um, up to date terminology. It is a little dated, not much. Um, but it's no longer, the website's not actively maintained anymore. And um, they do, they have direct quotes and stuff from resources that I don't have the original resource that uses terminology that just isn't appropriate. So I'm gonna skip over those things. It's not important in my context of what I'm talking about. So 40 acres and a mule. Um, it's this, this was um, Spike Lee's film company is actually called that too, by the way. Oh. yeah. Uh, this was the promise to, um, Black Americans at the time, uh, after, uh, slavery was, after the Civil War, that they were going to be promised 40 acres. And a mule? Mule comes later. Mm. Okay, so, this, that it would basically, with the separation, um, that there would be newly- freed slaves at this time and it was a really radical idea at this time that this a policy like this could exist and it actually got to the point where it was a um it was pushed forward into action which I had not known about so I just want to majorly stress how revolutionary it is to have the idea especially at this time so 18 so like 63? I don't know. Sometime around there. Um, that they, between South Carolina and Georgia, uh, they were going to just honestly completely revolutionize that whole region by providing 40 acres of land to uh, former slaves. Part of this, uh, one, just think about now, like how the dynamic race relations, everything in the United States would be different if that dynamic was set up because part of it was that they would have the promise of ownership of land, the property, um, with the goal for them to be able to be self-sufficient economically, to build, accrue, and pass on wealth. Um, mm -hmm. There was even a promise of having like military available like on the borders until they could 
have their own military or uh, way to self-protect um, and that there would be that white people would not be able to intervene or uh, become involved in any of their governing. I've never heard of this before. I mean, it sounds I just great. Think, and yeah. that would have really changed a lot of things because, mm -hmm. I mean, as I talked about my redlining topic, you know, homeownership is the biggest indicator of wealth. And that's something that is passed on and it's very difficult to start from scratch in that area and accrue wealth in that right, way. Right, right. So that was the, the big promise that was made. Um, and obviously now we know that didn't happen. That would have been about 3.9 million people um, that would have qualified for this. So the idea was to give people like a start. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 40 acres. I'll talk about the meal in a bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, on, and it specifically said on, um, just not agricultural lands, but what's the term for like, it's able to produce? Uh, I don't know. Or fertile, maybe. I don't know. Like the land. So it's good land. It wasn't. Land. Yeah, it wasn't. Like um, what, rocks what, and did, and what the U.S. government did to Native Americans by putting them on unviable lands in some areas. So that specific verbiage was in there. Water sources, that kind of thing. Correct. Um, and actually, a lot of the the places that they had marked off, and I'll go through those in a second, were actually next to water. Um, okay, so the original person who was the source of this policy was General William T. Sherman from Special Field Order Number 15. Um, he issued this on January 16th, 1865. There we go. Uh, so he did prescribe the 40 acres, um, but not the mule. The mule actually came later when they were on the land. They were offered a mule to help um, with the agriculture part. Okay, so, but that wasn't the initial order. Um, this massive land redistribution was the result of a discussion that Sherman and the Secretary of War, Edwin M. Stanton, held four days before Sherman issued the order. So they met with 20 leaders of um, the black community in Savannah, Georgia, where Sherman was headquartered following uh, his famous quote, March to the Sea, which I honestly don't know that. This obviously was a historian that wrote this that assumed all of us knew about the knew March to the Sea. Do you know about I've that? never heard about the March to the Sea. I feel like now I need to know, but I don't. But honestly, you could say anything is famous something, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean it is. Like that's true. I and cooked mash. I cook mashed beans, and I always call them my famous mashed beans, <laughs> just because. <laughs> if they poop in a group, and apparently nobody else does. <laughs> uh, yes. So this was really unprecedented at this time. You know, obviously after the Civil War, and this was a um, a great move. Uh, historically into equality. I mean, it sounds like a great idea. Was the land that was going to be given, who owned that? Uh, these were plantation owners and previous people. Uh, okay, so it would be mm -hmm. taking away yeah, from Yeah, redistribution, yes. I mean, I can see that they would feel that's problematic. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Is that part, part of why it didn't work? <laughs> 
I mean, probably for multiple reasons, but um, so this is the the actual verbiage in the uh, order, which it says the islands from Charleston south, the abandoned rice fields along the rivers for 30 miles back from the sea and the country bordering the St. John's River, Florida, are reserved and set apart for the settlement of the people now made free by the acts of war and the proclamation of the president of the United States. Great. <laughs> the section two of this order specifies that these new communities, moreover, would be governed entirely by black people themselves. On the islands and in the settlements hereafter to be established, no white person, whatever, unless military officers and soldiers are detailed for a specific duty would be permitted to reside. And the sole and exclusive management of affairs will be left to the freed peoples themselves. That's interesting. It's very segregated. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm, Which I'm, you're wondering like- My if, brain's like, how would that work exactly? How Is would you it feel a about it? country? Like, what does that mean exactly? I mean, it almost, when I was like looking this up, it sounds more kind of like the reservation model. Okay. But then- tried to make it sound better because <laughs> okay. it's, it's like a self-governing thing but still on and surrounded by and military can be there if they decide to so interesting yeah okay. so that's what I equated it to at least so it's not um, quite as idealistic yeah it's not it's, like oh you now have you might think country it's a... right right so, I mean, well, we may never know. Uh, so let's see here. Was there enough acres to go around everybody? Yeah. Um, it said it would be about 400,000 acres of land. Um, so somebody so, did the math. Yeah. It was a strip of coastline stretching from Charleston, South Carolina to the St. Rivers, John, Florida, including Georgia's Sea Islands and the mainland 30 miles in from the coast. So, yeah, someone mapped that. <laughs> um, and that section three of this uh, proclamation thing said that the allocation of land, um, each family should have a plot of not more than 40 acres of tillable, that was the word I was saying, tillable, tillable. Ground. And so they can't be given like a rock. <laughs> um, and when it borders on some water channel with not more than 800 feet of waterfront in the possession of which land the military authorities will afford them protection till such such time as they can protect themselves or until congress shall regulate their title hmm. so they're kind of building in protections and trying to i mean they've mapped things they've done all this so it's just for those states though it wasn't like texas and no it's just down. that land chunk just yeah. that area that four hundred thousand acres yep which is a whole land yeah but it seems strange that it wouldn't be for everybody well it's for everybody it's for all any every black individual in the country so previous people slaves, like previous slaves. like that lived in texas for example would have to move correct to the coast like a relocation so they now this is starting seeming more, <laughs> like at first i'm like this is a great idea but now that we get into the weeds a little bit i'm like so we want every black person to live in one area of the country that's kind of on what the they, edge that's kind of what they came up with with the military around the edge and also this doesn't sound that great anymore to me <laughs> right you know you start losing freedom of choice perhaps so they didn't say they forced them 
So it's not like there's verbiage in there around that, but you could see potentially. I don't know. There's areas. I mean, that's a big draw, having your own land, your own self-government. Right, like it sounds really good. Ish. Yeah, and it's just like it's the it's the what if question marks. <laughs> You're like, what if the government decided they don't want us here now? We're gonna talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Did anybody get their 40 acres? Okay, so okay. first, 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 first. Okay, so, so questions. So many questions. I've really been on an emotional roller coaster ride with this. I was like, that's a great idea. And now I'm like, that sounds like a terrible so, idea. So, just so you know, this was established by, um, at the time, radical Republicans actively advocating for land distribution. Republicans at this time were more like Democrats now, liberal and the thing. So just remember, there's, there's flip flopping verbiage for people. They're still flip flopping. That, ha- yeah. I- don't stay current um okay so um to the goal is to break the um the, break the back of southern slaveholders power so okay. here's so Again, part of this okay. is taking land from redistributing yes, the like okay you have used slavery for this many generations we're taking your land and we're splitting it up and we're giving it back to yeah again like Great on the surface, but what does that look like when we start to implement it? Right. Right. So, you know, I I think that not, I don't want to speak to anybody's intent during this era. I have no idea, but it sounds like at this point, there is some intent of advocacy, not necessarily maybe malice intended initially or, you know, whatever. So there you go. Um, Okay. So this is really, again, being historically significant. That wasn't lost on people. So uh, there was uh, transcripts of these meetings and all these, um, all of this is pretty well documented that it happened. It was read to the congregation at New New York's Plymouth Church, in which the New York Daily Tribune printed in full, uh, it's February 1865 edition, uh, and uh stanton told let's see here for the first time in history of the nation the representatives of the government had gone to these poor debased people to ask them what they wanted for themselves stanton suggested i know yeah mm -hmm. stanton had suggested to sherman that they gather quote the leaders of the local community and asked them um, something no one else had apparently thought to ask. Quote, what do you want for your own people following this war? Well, and I love that. Right. I mean, we still today, people make decisions for other people. Right. Without directly involving them. And they actually did do this part. I like this. So that's how they got the 20, like, leaders in the areas. They were all... um, um, ministers, mostly Baptist, Methodists, who um, came to be part of this. Um, Some leaders of the community. 11 of the 20 had been born free in slave states, of which 10 had lived as free men in the Confederacy during the course of the Civil War. The other one, a man named James Lynch, was born free in Maryland, a slave state, and had only moved to the South two years before. The other nine ministers had been slaves in the South who became contraband, quote, and hence free only because of the Emancipation Proclamation when they were liberated. So it, I, 
want to call this part out because it's basically saying that you know the representatives aren't necessarily the majority of people who were impacted as like someone who lived in an area where there was slavery but they were born free is going to have a different experience and perspective than someone who was born a slave living as a slave and then exonerated i don't know what that liberated i don't even like that word either um okay so that being said um they came together and and they said that um uh, let's see here. The chosen leader of this group, spokesman, was Baptist minister named Garrison Frazier. He was 67. He had been born in Greenville, North Carolina, and was a slave until 1857. He purchased freedom for himself and his wife with $1,000 in gold and silver. So as the New York Daily Tribune, Tribune reported, Reverend Frazier had been in the ministry for 35 years, and it was he who bore the responsibility of answering these 12 questions that were put to the group about what they wanted. Um, so he told them that Sherman, um, that what they wanted the most out of everything is land. That Makes is sense. the best way we can take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, his answer to the crucial third question was to have land and turn it and till it by our own labor, and we can soon maintain ourselves and have something to spare. We want to be placed on land until we're able to buy it and make it our own. And when asked where the freed slaves would rather live, whether scattered among the whites or in colonies by themselves, without missing a beat, Brother Frazier, as the transcript calls him, replied that I would prefer to live by ourselves. For there is a prejudice against us in the South that will take years to get over. Okay. Which I, get, I get that. Yeah. Like in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, when polled individually around the table, all but one, James Lynch, the man who had moved south from Baltimore, said they agreed with that. Four days later, the special issue, special field order was issued after President Lincoln approved it. Okay, so, so it was it official. was official, and it was approved yeah. by the president. Okay. So what happened? The response was immediate. It was great. So they won. This the, is what they asked right, for. They right. got their, and they got it. They it was signed by for. the president of the United they States. They wanted land. They wanted to be together. And, and to have the independence to grow. And, yeah. So what then happened? The transcript of the meeting was reprinted um uh in a black publication called the christian recorder at the time an editorial that noted an intoned quote from this it will be seen that people down south are not so dumb as many suppose them to be reflecting north south slave free black class tensions continued during this time so there's a lot of um i would say tensions as this starts getting more publicity um and it starts rising up and um the freed uh eric foner uh who's eric foner i don't even know that i'm not referencing that but okay so who knows who that person is uh so but who cares? It's past, right? So like, right. It, but there's tensions, but it's, it passed. So people are grumbly about it. Which of course, probably they the they, plantation owners, I imagine. Anyways, um, so, okay. So they, they're like, we need to go take advantage of this order. 
Yes. Baptist minister Ulysses Houston, one of the group, um, had met with Sherman, led 1,000 of the community to Skidaway Island in Georgia, where they established a self-governing community with Houston as the, uh, with Houston the person, as a Black governor. Okay. And by June of that same year, 40,000 freedmen had settled on 400,000 acres of Sherman Island. Oh, it was happening. How come I've never heard of this? By the way, Sherman later ordered that the army could lend the new settlers mules, hence the phrase 40 acres and a mule. Ah, lend. So it was a, lend, lend. a mule borrowing, borrowing system. Right. So what happened? No, what happened? Because like it worked. I mean, maybe not everybody, but like it was. There were some people doing right. it. Um, what did you say, 4,000 people? So this is Lincoln, who's in office at this time. Yeah. Um. No, 400,000 acres and 40,000 people. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. So Andrew Johnson okay. then takes office. He's a sympathizer with the South. He overturned the order that following fall in 1865. Is that easy? I guess. And as Martin Myers sadly concludes, quote, return the land along South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida coast to the planters who originally owned it, to the very people who declared war on the United States. Correct. Interesting. So they all had to leave the land? Mm-hmm. Sherman Island. So they <sighs> gave up everything to go there. All right. I mean, and relocated. uprooted and relocated and were living that quote-unquote American dream of having your own land and making something of it. and, and then Self-government. It, self-government. And then it was just... Unless the military needed. And then they were totally kicked, different. kicked out. Uh, with nothing, with nothing, kicked out with nothing, and all because it was, of Johnson, and it was all given back, all because of Johnson. Is he on any of our money? Because we shouldn't use that. No, no, I, I was again, same as you. I'm like, how have I never heard this? Well, and my mind's like, how different might things be if that right. had not been overturned? Right. Like how, our country, because it, it was there. Be completely different. It was there, and it happened. Yeah, it was there, and it happened, and I still don't like, and I. So How those people were hunting. kicked off and then didn't have any home after that? Like, they just had nothing? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Right. I mean, again, adding to the more, like, historical generational trauma. Like, yeah. wow. That's, like, take, that's giving a lot of people. 40,000 people. That's, like, a whole city of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, uh, yeah, no, I was shocked and appalled. I... Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that would have done a, a lot to bridge some of these gaps and some of these issues. Well, and I mean, I, who knows what would have happened. And I get the segregation part it of it doesn't something. feel great. Like it does feel like, you know, is, but we can't say that that's how things would stay either. Like maybe relations would get better over time, potentially, you know, having that respect well, if that's- given what the black individuals wanted that's different than Correct. being like all of you go live here right and it was all by choice no one was forced to move right. and it was not like they said okay everybody go it was just available yeah and who knows over time if you they actually owned the land title mm-hmm. they could sell it perhaps to a, a white right. person right i mean there were no were there laws that said like only black people can live there well that was one of the things that oh it, it, that was a lot of yeah because oh only like racism they yeah. Yeah. 
white people there. But yeah, like I said, who knows how that would have evolved mm -hmm. over time. So that's what 40 acres and a mule means. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's what it's referenced and so it's historically like, it's been like used. Is um, it like a promise that has been taken back? Is that the use? I, I think it's been so disconnected historically that people say it like they think they know what it means. And I don't, or like even a reference. I don't even think they fully understand like the, that association of taking back something. I don't even think they know that. I think like 40 acres and a mule, like it sounds like a lot promised for nothing. Okay. Is that how people use it? Like that? I mean, you say how people I use it. I've never heard to know the history of it. If you're going to use it. I'm going to, if I ever hear it ever again, I'm going to sit down very calmly and I'm going to say, tell me what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and tell if they can't, I'm going to, I'm going to take 40 acres and you away from them yeah, and they me. can never use it again. <laughs> So there you go. That was fascinating. Right. I when I found that I was like, how? I mean, I know there's so many historical things I'm not. No, so to. many. Um, and history honestly is probably more terrifying than most things. Like nature. Nature scares me. We're always, you know, learning new things on this that everybody That's should be taught. The podcast. I know. I learned we educate, we entertain, and we enlighten. And we have fun doing it. We do. See, here, I'm going to pull up just, so if you type in 40 acres and a mule in Google. Okay, what's it say? It says, and I and I don't have on my phone, it erases any data stuff, so it's not pulling up anything from before. It says, 40 acres and a mule is a part of special field order, blah, 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 and it actually gives the historical reference immediately. Hmm. But nobody Nobody knows. looks it up. Right, and I'm like, why? Nobody looks up anything. And, and PBS apparently did did a story about it but i guess very few people watch pbs i don't have or maybe channel. everybody watches pbs i don't know it's on wikipedia like I, I, it's on the history channel like i i made sure it was real that's <laughs> what you know i'm gonna listen and hear i'll let you know if i hear somebody use that term it was the first that first kind of step toward reparations um that was immediately taken back oh yeah so anyways I can't even I will text find, you immediately when I hear something. Like, I say. can't even find, like, how people say that phrase. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what's the context where someone would respond that like way? Like, slang, anything. I can't see, I can't find anything where it's actually, like, again, like, associated with a meaning, but I've heard it, but I have no historical context whatsoever. So, like, where and why and how are people even words matter of course they matter words are we need powerful. a shirt that just says words matter we need a hashtag maybe well let's do it all okay everything shirts all at once. stickers hashtags mm -hmm. no glitter though no no i just had a random thought i was like i can't do that <laughs> we should have a shirt with every podcast title on it with guts you don't have a big enough shirt. Yeah, I know. I haven't have too many shirts. It'd be too many guts. Would um, be what would be another good one? Um, There's been so many. I can't think of any of them now. <laughs> There's so many we can't think of any. <laughs> uh, Uncle. Uncle. I don't no, think we ever Uncle had a basement. No. Called um... Uncle Puzzle Basement. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
I give up. That's all. I'm I'm done. Okay, if you didn't listen to our last podcast, we talked about serial killer Joaquin Kroll. Mm, good job. And we good talked job. about my experience accidentally eating maggots. maggots. And we we touched maggots in here. I didn't touch it, but I opened I it. I proved. I had to prove yeah, to you. There were, and I found two, three of Three out maggots, of six. Three out of six maggots. Yeah. Three out of six. Which means I ate probably about 50 so, maggots. Hmm. I wonder if those have become part of you as an organism as well. I, if I start doing maggoty things, like I'm gonna that. be like you, maggot. Or <laughs> like if I toot and a fly flies out of my butt, mm-hmm. or if glitter does, I'm gonna or all glitter. be concerned. It's all con- deeply concerning. Correct. Um, I think the moral of today is government conspiracy. Government. So, okay. Um, glitter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put glitter. I'm gonna say four. Okay. Because glitter is kind of a happy thing. Um, it also has some dark things, like it kills all things. And I found out it kills more things than I thought it killed. Like people. I'm gonna I'll just uh go to the four and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot we don't know. If more comes to light, that number could go up. Right, right. I want to know what the mysterious F has to do yes. with. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to do a nine for yours. Because I'm, it's just so effed up. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly going to keep it. A, I'm going to I'm going to go nine. I'm, you might have to. Have to I mean, I'm just imagining how different I know, it kind of country messes, could be. It kind of messes with your whole mental schema. Like it's a whole sliding doors thing. Ooh, like I'm, what? What would the parallel trajectory of our country be if that had been allowed to stay and grow? Things could be completely different, unrecognizable right. even to I think, our current reality. And I think that's I'm gonna actually put a, a ten. I mean, pretty close to yours. Um, just because I I one not knowing anything about it, and the whole idea that okay, so to me the correlation with um like native american tribes and obliterating them to yeah. steal their land and like that happened and then we put them on land and as a government and did similar things to that but at that time viewing them as like they were less than people right that's how the u.s government viewed yeah justified it correct and and so here's them literally fighting a war to abolish slavery to prove that there is equality and that we need to respect that and do that. And we still couldn't fathom F following through. <laughs> with real with action real, that would demonstrate with equality. Action and yeah. it's all circles around a white centric power 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 dynamic and like even if you want to say those things the follow-through is not there it's false it's false it's a fallacy 
and it's created fractures. <laughs> we can stop there. <laughs> ah, so it's a lot to think about. I've been thinking about it all night. Um. Anyways, I just like I again. So much to do. It still, just doesn't make sense. A story, like a science fiction story, about that sliding door. Thinking, like have what? A, I have a book. What could our world be like if that had not been t- taken back? I have a book called "What If" that was given to me, and I've never read it. <laughs> I read it because it's this big, and then someone else gave it to me. So, um, but it is a whole book full of historical accounts of things that, like, what if this went a different way? And it does give like a short little thing about what that might look like. I'm fascinated. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go look at that book and see if it has that in there. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm always like looking at those sliding door moments in my own life. I was just yeah. telling my sinister, but there are so many things that if that hadn't happened exactly the way they did, you wouldn't exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Like so many things that I wouldn't have thought was like relevant or important but looking back it's like if that hadn't happened in that exact way at that mm-hmm. moment you wouldn't exist Skylar <laughs> I mean sometimes they need those reminders <laughs> I just yeah I mean everything from like our own podcast topic, your redlining topic about them getting just effed over like I still think about shade after your shade. Topic all the time I know me too about nobody the, knows about, about the privilege of yeah. having trees is that you are not scorched by the sun all day and that shade is a, a real actually that shows marked us off and economic areas located over burning skin like mine like i would crisp up and i have taken for granted that i have four trees on my property and since that episode i appreciate even my little little yeah. tree that's grown from nothing i'm proud of that little thing but it's it's very interesting yeah, yeah. it's like just, if you put socioeconomic um, map, map and shade it's yes. highly correlated if you haven't listened to that episode it's very very eye-opening but um yeah it's where people live and the just in i don't know the resources around that are deliberately decided mm-hmm. So much is deliberate. Oh. I mean, have you seen that f- fucking freeway? Oh god, that has ruined mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hilliard. I mean, I feel so bad for those people. It's right next it, to their house. And they ripped through everything and just like all the way across. Yeah, I just feel so bad for the people that have lived there, you know, their whole lives, and now they're going to be next to the roar of the fucking freeway. It's right next to their houses. Mm-hmm. And well, that was purposely chosen, that neighborhood, yeah. because it's low socioeconomic area and people can't fight back and make a fuss. Right. They'll pay them off with not much. What's next? Fracking? Freaking Until fracking. next time. Don't wa- wash your glitter down the sink. Oh, yeah, that's a good... Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um And... I don't know, maybe homeschool your kids and teach them real history. I homeschooled my kids. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's why they're so great. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm done. I'm I'm done with that because I am upset. <laughs> I want a, I want a real history book. Knowledge is power. 
if we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the power. Right. I want a real history book that has everything. Everything. I everything. know. I want it all. And I want it now. Bye. Bye.